Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Eat, Eat It, it up. up. And if you can hear that lovely background sound to my vocals, Sam is finally back. And the I'm piercing shrill. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back and not better than ever. Kind of well, same yeah. or maybe a little bit worse, but. After meeting Timothy, you can only go up, you know? Yeah, yeah for the record, if people legend. were wondering where I was, if you didn't see the Instagram post, um that to be clear maria posted and the reason she said i was away because i was timothy chalamet's body double which made it yes. look like i had maybe posted that about myself implying i look like <laughs> timothy chalamet like i could be his body double which for the record i've never said but um that was maria's i had to be away for undisclosed reasons and so that was what maria came up with which was actually hilarious but um i think they look alike and arguably people messaged me saying that you were hotter so that's where See, we're at. and that's so it's so great to have friends like that but you can't trust people like that because that's just that's <laughs> like a lie and that's okay like, that's just not what it is well it's like i just know i'm like i'm like i'm just not hotter than timothy chalamet and it's like i'm okay with that i've really made peace with that i didn't even have to make <laughs> peace with that I've, I've always been at peace with that it's um, something i've struggled with for years but yeah now okay. well not even it was just like okay yeah he's like a internationally renowned actor and I'm I'm just me, so anyway. Old hot Sam, that's what they call him. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> so anyways, it's it's great to be back in the studio with you, Marge. I'm excited to glad to have you back in the studio. It was yeah, lonely it's... here without you. Oh, I bet. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> just me and my thoughts. No, yeah. Oh, but now we're covering the topic that was meant to be covered three weeks ago, was it? Yes. End so of this, February. So this was, yeah, this is actually my, def- this is my Black History Month episode, but it's been deferred by about three weeks because Woo! I was MIA. Yes. So uh, I'm excited to, to jump into it with you. And kind of fits in well, because now we're in like women's history month right so like yes. I feel we kind of hit both then we're, which we're I didn't which I didn't understand I didn't know that until yeah two days ago that it was women's history month Yikes. okay I'm gonna get canceled for saying that <laughs> I'm really sorry um I just feel like there's been I just there hasn't I don't know I haven't seen as much but that's fair it's hard I feel like it's harder when you're not out and about and especially not at university there's not as much to do when you're just sitting at home yeah like I knew so. it was international women's day on March 8th Okay, okay, okay. Not to flex that I even know the day, but I, oh God, someone's going to fact like, check Oh, March 8th, 2021? Where is it yeah, March 11th? I, I don't know. I, I had to write for my job. I had to write a little thing for it. But anyways, so that's how I know. But anyways, okay, that's not even relevant. Um, Before we get into the, the the topic of this week, do you want to talk about food? Food? What you're, what you're snacking on today? For, yes. you know, because this is our podcast, Eat It Up. We do bites of history and we do uh, bites of food from local... <laughs> businesses from where we live maria in the lower mainland of bc me in ottawa it went so smoothly you can tell that we're in the groove yeah um so for this week i think we both have trials and tribulations of our snacks this week oh definitely so you start oh okay so i really wanted to as you like maybe heard in like back when i did viola desmond's episode i found it a little bit hard to find black owned bakeries in bc or like in the lower mainland at least and so I found this place that's called Kula's Kitchen. Right. And you tend to have to order like a week in advance for things. And so by the time that I was doing this, I was like, okay, I don't have enough. Like I, I had missed the deadline. 
So then I was like, oh, but like she has Uber Eats. Like you can order some of her food through Uber Eats Mm. and it's really cool stuff. It's like collard greens with vegan mac and cheese with like, it's called vegan like chicken and it tastes like barbecue chicken. And it comes as like this platter. Is that that thing I've been seeing on TikTok where you like take dough and make it, it's like Satan, is that what it is? Not Satan, Satan. (laughs) I honestly don't know how she makes it because she also sells jars of it. Okay. So I don't know what product she uses to like create that flavor. Okay. But it looks like it looks like a very traditional Southern dish with like all these amazing parts to it. Right. And it was on Uber Eats. So I was going with a friend and this Coolest Kitchen is about like over an hour drive away from me. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going with a friend. We'll order it. We couldn't get it through Uber Eats. Like it wasn't open yet. And my friend was like, okay, don't worry. When we go there, we'll just, we'll just order when we're there. I was like, right. that makes sense. You can't actually do that. Cause once we got there, we realized that it's not a restaurant. It's like this big warehouse oh, building no. where 25 kitchens run out of. It's a so ghost un- kitchen. It's a ghost kitchen. So unless you order through Uber Eats, like there's no facility for you right. to enter to get the food. Is that what it's called? Ghost kitchen? Is that the term? I don't know. You threw it out there. So I okay. took it, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> You're actually, you were like, oh yeah, ghost kitchen. I think that's what they're called. They're they're on the up, but anyways, because of the rise of delivery apps. But anyways, oh, yeah, keep it going. seems like it's a cool concept, but the, the, the concept falls short if you live nowhere near the place because mm. it's like, it's not as convenient then. Right. And so once we realized it was some place that we couldn't physically go into an order, right? we then tried to go back onto Uber Eats, but it was going to take 50 minutes for it to be ready. Mm. So I was like, okay, like I'm not waiting here outside in the rain for 50 minutes. Right. And like, I wasn't part, like the parking wasn't great, all that. So all in all, it was like a two and a half hour journey for nothing. Oh, great. Okay. So, so, so um, you just don't have anything this week. So, so then I got something else. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. But I want to plug, I think Coolest Kitchen looks amazing. I will try to go back in the future. Right. It just honestly was such a horrific experience of me driving there in right. like, the pouring rain, whatever. Yeah. So anyways, what I got is something very cool. Cause I think that you can even get it in Ottawa. Oh, okay. Um, and it's called. It's a brand called Mumgree, spelled mm-hmm. like hungry, but it's mum at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's, it started, um, it's a Vancouver based company started by a black woman named Lillian. Yeah. Um, who like when she was pregnant and going through the grocery aisles and she was hungry, she was like, I don't know which of these things like that I can snack on are healthy. I don't know what they have in them. Like she just found that it was very difficult to find healthy snacks. Right. And so what Mumgree is, it's like she has three different types of essentially like peanut butter or like nut butter spreads. Right. One of them is like classic peanut butter. One of them is chocolate peanut butter. And then the other is chocolate pistachio almond butter. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And so they're amazing. You can now like you can get them in Ottawa um, or at least Ontario. You can get them shipped anyways if they're not in like um, right. your stores. And I, apparently Beyonce plugged it. Like it's kind oh, of a big okay. deal. Oh, hey, shit. So, um, that's what I have today. I don't normally eat like just peanut butter by itself. Yeah, I was going to say it's an it's, it's not normally my, but snack, what I yeah. do have is I make like chocolate protein smoothies that the protein oh. in them is normally peanut butter. And so for this, it's now great because I use the chocolate peanut butter mm. or like the chocolate almond pistachio butter. So right. today I'm having um, the chocolate peanut butter in my protein smoothie and it honestly tastes fabulous. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That's far. I, I thought you were going to say like it was like baby food or something. You're like, like, I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> Eating baby or something. Food. I was like, okay. 
That's fair. Yeah. It, honestly, the concept to me was a bit confusing because it's supposed to be like healthy snacks pre like during pregnancy, post-pregnancy, everything. But I'm like, right. it's not really relevant to pregnancy per se. It's just sort of like a healthy right. snack. So it's great for pregnant women. I guess yes. like, yeah, I mean, I guess technically, like if you're if you ever choose to have kids and you ever get pregnant, like then right now you're pre-pregnant. That's so <laughs> we're all in a way pre-pregnant. We're all pre-pregnant, I guess, <laughs> unless we just never have kids, which is also yeah, fine. But just fine. So yeah. valid. So okay, well, that sounds yum. That sounds really good. I'll t- I can jump into mine. Mine was yes, similar issue actually, but maybe exacerbated because I don't ever plan things. Like whereas Maria kind of like plans and is thoughtful every week. This week I was like, okay, I'm gonna actually like I'll plan a day ahead at least. Normally I like wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay. Oh my God, I have to find a snack. Yesterday I was like, no, no, I'm actually going to like put effort into this and like try. So I was looking at black owned businesses in Ottawa and I found a really cute, like high tea oh, restaurant. High tea. Yes. Right. Like literally is that not the, first of all, just so cute. I didn't even realize Love there was that. one nearby and it's like, I'm like, I look it up on Google Maps. It's close to my house or so I think. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I love having like scones in the morning. This is perfect. I'll go get a couple of scones and a latte. I'll walk back. I'll have it for my snack. And so I walk there. For context, this week in Ottawa, the weather has been super, super warm. Today, I'm walking mm-hmm. down the street. It's It seems warm out. Then the wind picks up. It's literally uh-uh. gale force winds, like freezing, like Antarctic, I swear. Oh. And so I'm walking, I'm like, oh God, it's cold. And so then I'm looking at the menu because I'm like, I just want to like figure out what I'm going to get, get in, get out. And I'd already looked at the menu before I knew what I was getting, but I'm like, I'm going to double check. I go to the menu and then I see something that I hadn't actually seen the first time. You have to order the week before, like the same thing as you. You literally have to like... And then pickup is like on this day. Yeah. But it's like, I was like, oh, I thought I could just walk in and like, I don't yes. know, like, or no, I didn't read the instructions. So at this point I walked about 15 minutes. I think it's, I thought it was close. I thought it was like a five, 10 minute walk. It's actually half, a half an hour walk. So <laughs> I'm frozen at this point. I'm like, you know what? I, I tried to call to see if I could like pick up, even if like they had some or whatever and I couldn't get through. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to cut my losses. I'll go back yes. and I'll order some. So I ordered some for next week. So again, I'm like okay. deferring once more a snack. So I, I'll defer it to next week. Yes. But then I went to go to my classic scone, witch to try and yeah. get to try and get scones they're randomly close today like they were like for unforeseen Whoa. circumstances so i have literally You're nothing like, so oh, anyways so the, okay. the first one the vanity um like it's spelled vanity but like with t on the end because it's like a t oh, love that. Place. okay so um that has not worked out yet but it looks really yes. cute so again like you i'm deferring to next week yes so yeah I struggle i guess we're not really having snacks today it's a, it's well a i'm having mumgree don't oh you're having mumgree sorry 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 get away get away <laughs> well, I'm having a latte, so. You know what, Sam? I have to say, you put in the effort. You put in the work. For once. It just didn't work out. And you're you're doing it later. So, you know what? You put, it was there. The thought was there. Definitely more than, like, ever before, which is the low bar. But, <laughs> so. Anyway, so I guess seeing as we have no food. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say that. You have mum green. You keep on coming for me. I know. I, <laughs> sorry, yeah. Um, I just clearly am affected by what happened to me today. Um, what I caused for myself. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess we'll, we'll jump into the episode. Let's do it. Into okay. the topic. We're in the episode already. We're, we're already there, babe. Breaks the fourth wall. We know we're on a podcast right now. <laughs> um, okay, great. So this week we're talking about 
the Supremes. And I'm actually the really Supremes. excited. I don't know. Do you have any inkling of the Supremes? Have you heard of them? Could, would you say you, you know? Am I close with them? You're not, cl- I, mean, I, I doubt it. Um, I don't think they'd want to. <laughs> you don't know. Oh, no, they might like you, but <laughs> no, they love you. They'd hate me. They, yeah. That's what it. I was thinking. Yeah. Um, you're the Beyonce. I'm the Effie in the group. If I have those names right. I'm thinking because the only way that I know the Supremes is through dream girls. Okay. Very loosely based. Oh, but like was who Jennifer Hudson was. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was like, <laughs> but beyond, like I thought, I was like, that wasn't her name in the the show, was it? I don't know Beyonce? Beyonce's name in the movie. Okay, I was like, okay, she's not like also called Beyonce in the movie too. <laughs> in any movie she's in, she goes by Beyonce. I was just confused. I was no... like, are we talking about the Supremes or Destiny's Child? I was like, I, I feel like you're doing a crossover right now, but I see what you mean. Okay. Okay, um, so yeah, I'm the Jennifer Hudson's group. If we're going by real names. Okay, so you know that they're a girl group. I know that they're a girl group. And, and I'm a, sure I know of some a girl of group, songs. a singing group, a singing group of girls. <laughs> Not just a group of girls hanging out. Yeah. Um, I I really don't like I'm sure I know their songs if you were to say them. I just can't think of any right now. Um, and then my parents, like years ago when the Dream Girls came out, made us watch as a family that movie. Mm. And I remember being like, okay. Right, I'm sure okay. if I watched it now, it would be a lot more iconic. But when it right. came out, I think I was too young to get what was going on. To appreciate it all. Okay, I appreciate cool. it all. No, yeah, that's... I don't know a ton about them. I is it who's in it? Diana Ross. Yes. Yeah. So okay. okay. Yeah. So yeah. So Dream Girls. Or no, not Dream Girls. You're trying to make this about Dream Girls, and it's not about Dream Girls. Okay, it's about the no, Supremes, ins- which inspired Dream Girls. Okay, so right, okay. give it a rest. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, the Supremes, uh, girl group. Yeah, changing membership over the years like they they were founded right. in 1959 under a different name they were called the primates initially and then they Ooh. they end up changing their name to the supremes once they become you know more successful they and they have like a rotating kind of cast but the core group like the the the, the key players in it who i guess they're they're remembered for are diana ross who was kind of the lead uh, Mary Wilson and Florence Ballard. And there were a couple other people who were kind of in and out, like people who started with the group. There was a fourth member, Betty McGlown. And then right. th- th- like later on, other people kind of switched in and out. Um, and then Diana This is like Ross that thing leaves. with the Spice Girls when they actually had like, who is it, like six members. And then one of the girls like dropped off before they became big. And then now regrets what? it majorly. Okay, I didn't yeah, the Spice know Girls originally had like an extra member. So I feel like it's like I that thing. I of- know that. Yeah. You yeah. did an interview and they're like, how do you feel about like losing the biggest opportunity of your life? Yeah. Oh, that's how I feel. That's what I feel about like these people before, like this, um, this woman, Betty McGlown, who was part of them and then left mm-hmm. or like who was replaced right before they got like super famous. I'm like, oh, oh this God. is like the most famous for, okay. So to get back to the Supremes, the, the, they're the most famous girl group of all time. Like the most successful girl group of all time. One of the most successful, wow. like musical like musical acts of all time like at at their peak they were second only to the Beatles and almost as popular as the Beatles in the same time like internet that was my doorbell oh that's okay I didn't even hear it okay yeah so I guess a bit more context on the Supremes um like I said they're one of the most you know popular successful music acts of all time Mm -hmm. like during the same time period as the Beatles like are almost as popular as them like internationally like their songs charted number one in like the UK and Australia like in places all around the world like super super popular super super mainstream like yeah like and trust me you might not know the names 
of their songs. Like I literally, like I, before this, I was like, I, I knew of Baby Love. Like that was the one song that I knew. I was like, that's a Supreme song. Oh, and okay. Stop in the Name of Love. I was like, okay, I know those oh, yeah, two. I know but, yes. and I knew that Once was Once you Supreme. hear them, you like know And them. then, but I was going through their, like they're, they're just number one hits album. Like, oh, I know like every second song. Or I know almost oh, like wow. out of 20, like, and you'll just know them from like movies or, or whatever yes. else, or even covers. Like, like this is so funny, but like RuPaul's Drag Race UK, like, if anyone watches RuPaul's Drag Race UK, they're probably not. But um, the episode where Ginny Lemon, just, well, this could be a spoiler. No, it's been out for a while. Ginny Lemon like walks <laughs> off the stage, just doesn't lip sync. That is a Kim Wilde cover of a Supreme song. You keep me uh, Queen yeah. didn't lip sync? Yeah, it was drama. She literally just like walked right off. She oh was my like, God. bye. She literally did that. <laughs> It was really funny. She was just like, she was done with the competition, which was fair. People oh, like okay. still like her. But... Ben de la Creme vibe. Yeah, kind of. She was just like, I have to go. Um, oh. So anyways, so like, yeah, just very popular to this mm-hmm. day. And honestly, I've been listening to songs nonstop in, in prep for this episode. And they're yes. just bangers. Like literally all of them I want to listen to. Like I literally oh. have, you keep me hanging on stuck in my head so good anyway so sing for me sing it no it's okay it's okay Uh, (laughs) we're not a singing podcast not yet Um, we're getting there well we could be though so anyway so they're they're like extremely commercially successful Mm -hmm. um and and diana ross like kind of the at the start of their career it was kind of equal between or more equal between wilson ballard and and ross in terms of who would front on songs right but as it went it i think it became clearer and clearer that diana ross was kind of the the front person and then they were renamed diana ross and the supremes that's gonna hurt that yeah and there was group tension and we'll get into that and then finally diana ross went on to have a a solo career that was also very successful and the supremes continued on until i think like the the mid late seventies, I think with, with different lineups and uh, people kind of rotating in and out uh, until, yeah, until there was no more, I guess, original group members. So, so that's like the, just like the, the overview of who they are. And then we can get more into like, you know, their founding, their trajectory, all that stuff. I love that. This sounds like it's going to be a more intense version of destiny's child. Well, they're like, they're like the template, I would say for like every girl group. I don't say every girl group, but like little mix is pretty equal. I'm just yeah. little mixes impact is probably the same as the Supremes. Yeah. I'm just saying in terms of having a lead vocalist. Okay. That's literally Supreme slander and I won't stand for it, but, um, no, but they, but they, I feel like they are like the they're kind of the template for the girl group. Right. I mean, obviously things have changed, but um, yes. yeah, the most successful female group of all time. So, okay. anyways, so uh, that's the Supremes. We can get into a little bit more about their history now, if you want. Let's do it. Okay, I'm so excited. so kind of where is this? So initially they were founded in 1959 as a group of like high schoolers in Detroit and they called themselves oh. the Primettes. They were basically like a, a girl group for the girl group version of this boy group that was around too called the prime. So they were like, oh, we're the primettes, I guess. Initially weren't like they were talented, but they they weren't having like commercial success. I guess they were high schoolers. They'd signed, I think, onto a one record label. Um, and they had like moderate success, but nothing like no kind of mainstream success with their music. They were right. all from um like this public housing project in Detroit called the Brewster uh, Brewster Douglas Public Housing Project, um, and so yeah, that's I guess uh, they met like in school. They they lived in this project and they um they auditioned for Motown, which was like this this really famous record 
uh, label company that we'll get into the history of a bit more too, but they, they were, they auditioned for Motown when they were starting out. Um, and the, the guy who owned Motown, Barry Gordy, Gordy Jr., like the guy who founded it, was like, no, you guys are too young. Like you're literally in high school. Um, right. That's not happening. So um, right. it, it's not until they, until later in the the 60s that they they sign on to, to Motown, like once they're out of high school. And then they go on to have like a, a crazy, crazily successful career, especially in like the, the mid 60s is when they like really hit their peak. So in, mm-hmm. in 1962, that's when they're the trio, kind of the core trio of like Mary Wilson, Florence Ballard, Diana Ross. Mid 60s, they have like a whole series of um, smash hits with Ross as the lead singer. And then it's in 1967, they change their name to Diana Ross and the Supremes. And then Ballard gets kicked out for, for someone else. Um, uh. So that's kind of like the the history of them like initially they weren't having like a ton of success at uh at motown and uh like they had six singles between 1961 and 1963 and none of them charted so they were like kind of they were like known initially as like kind of the no hit supremes like they were known like amongst all the different artists signed to motown um of whom there were like say like marvin gay like extremely popular extremely successful right. musicians they were like kind of seen as like the I don't know, like the... The losers. The ugly duckling. Yeah, the losers. So they would like, they sang backup for like Marvin Gaye or like The Temptations. They like did hand claps and stuff for them. They kind of just did odd jobs around the recording studio. And then in 1963, they get convinced by the record label to sing the song When the Love Light Starts Shining Through His Eyes, which is a song that was originally written for another artist for um, that was signed with Motown. And they didn't Mm -hmm. want to record it, but they sang it and... um, it charts on the Billboard Hot 100. So that's kind of like the first time they like make their mark. And then they have like, go- after that, they have four number one hits in a row. So Baby Love, which I'm sure, I think you'll know, even if you don't know it now, like you for sure will know. Yeah, Come see- yeah, that's yeah. true. Come See About Me, which I think maybe less likely to know. Stop in the Name of Love, 100% you'll know. Absolutely. And know then that. Back in My Arms Again. And then they have a bunch of other ones, like You Keep Me Hanging On, You Can't Hurry Love, like during the, the rest of oh, I know that one. Which one? You can't hurry love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a. But I think I know because of Phil Collins. Yeah, and see, a lot of the songs too are like covered by people later on, or yeah, or they covered groups. So, yeah. So, um. So, anyways, they become really popular. They, like, in the mid '60s, they become like, like I said like rivaling popularity of the Beatles. They're charting number one in a row, like on four singles in the US, number one in the UK, like all around the world, like massively like mainstream, super, super popular. Mm-hmm. They become like in demand for TV shows. So like the the Ed Sullivan show, which was like a, a primetime like performance show, they would right. go on and they were also known not just for their like, their really classic kind of pop hits, uh, and their sound, but also for their, like their appearance. So right. Motown, the recording studio they worked for was very particular about how they looked and making sure that they were like super, super glamorous. So like, you know, glamorous right. makeup, like glamorous dresses, like, you know, sequin dresses usually matching like the three of them right. um, and like kind of fashionable look. Um, they usually had like choreography that they, they did, but it was very Ooh. like tame choreography. Like it wasn't like, like yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, pelvis thrusting and stuff and like the more kind of like sexual dance moves that like were around (laughs) at the time it was very much kind of like I don't know like we're bopping yeah just bopping very like bopping yeah so so known for that like very popular on tv um and a lot of the songs that 
they sang, like their big hits were written by this group of three songwriters who wrote for Motown and who were kind of seen as one of the driving forces behind the studio was, um, they were called Holland Dozier Holland, like these group of three songwriters, extremely successful, like every song they wrote basically was, uh, was gold. So they end up leaving in this writing group, Holland Dozier Holland, they leave Motown in 1968 after this lawsuit with with the owner, uh, Barry Gordy Jr., about profit sharing. And mm. then the Supremes slowly start to become, I guess, slightly less successful in terms of like charting. Um, and yeah, and there's, there's just a kind of a, a broader transition, I guess, in the music industry away from that kind of sound. And then um, Diana Ross leaves the group in the 70s. She goes on to have a solo career. And the group still has some success with like other songs like Up the Ladder to the Roof, Stoned Love, things like that. But they're not quite as like, they're not number one every single song that they release in a row, if that makes sense. And then, like I said, Diana Ross goes on to have a very successful career after. Sadly, none of their songs, they never won a Grammy. Really? Yeah, they they were. Were the Grammys around at the time? (laughs) They were. They were nominated twice. So they they were nominated for Best R&B Record for Baby Love and a vocal performance for Stop in the Name of Love, but they didn't win. You know what? The time. Grammys are garbage, though. They like, honestly are. It's like, like how, how does you... Katy Perry not have a Grammy? I, yeah. I understand her recent music, sure. Her teenage dream should have something come out yeah. of that. Like, no, it actually, it is absurd. So anyway, so yeah, so she, um, so they never won a Grammy. And then, like I said, Ross, Ross had a good solo career. You know, she recorded yes. Ain't No Mountain High Enough, very, very popular. Oh, I love that to touch. Yeah, so... She has a she has a whole um, kind of series of songs too. So that's kind of the that's I guess the the overview of the Supremes. So just like to summarize, you know, f- founded initially as like a girl group in high school, sign on to Motown Records in like the early '60s, going mm-hmm. to have like initially have very little success between like '61 and '63, yes. no yeah. chart like no charting at all, and then they break through and have like four singles in a row, like massive success, right. and then by the end of the '60s there's a shift where they become, you know, the Diana Ross and the Supremes. There's some kind of like tension in the group. And then yes. Diana Ross ends on going on to have a, a very successful career. And the Supremes still exist for a while um, and are somewhat successful without her. But Do any that. of the other girls go on to have like musical careers outside of the group or is it really just Diana? I actually don't know. I didn't, I must say I'm kind of like Diana centric. So I was kind right, of like, okay. I don't know if that's so bad because I'm like, she is the lead singer. I was kind of just like, I didn't really look into the other ones, but um, I would assume maybe no, because of the other names, I haven't actually heard of any of them. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure. I, I actually don't know. So um, I guess that's a future episode. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I guess I will say like Dream Girls. Apparently, um, I've never seen Dream Girls. Girls, I will say, don't kill me. But Effie mm-hmm. in Dream Girls, like it, Dream Girls, is loosely based on yeah the Supremes and their trajectory, and Effie White she is kind of like the Florence Ballard and I guess the story centers around her. Right, so, right. so, um, so yeah, so that's, so like, I guess she was influential in that way. And so far as like the show and the movie was, uh, was basically oriented around um, Florence Ballard's story. Yes. Um, though I've never seen dream girls, so I don't know if that's true, but okay, I think well, so. we're going to have to watch it together. We will, I guess we will. Um, and apparently Diana Ross apparently did not like dream girls. She had a oh really? The, yeah. The other girls, like Florence Ballard and Mary Wilson, I think liked it, but she she didn't like the portrayal. I don't know. Well, so. yeah, because she came off as being really hot headed or like. Oh, did she? Well, it's like the whole thing of like 
me talking about a movie I think I watched in elementary school about to unpack it for you Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I think if I can remember correctly in the movie you you are made to feel like Effie is just as talented but doesn't receive the same praise and the girl that Beyonce plays doesn't seem to care or recognize that like she should right. always be at the front. She's like right. very much like I should be the star. And see the, the interesting thing too, like some of the politics around it was that, so Barry Gordy Jr., who we'll mm-hmm. get maybe into a bit more, but he was the guy who founded Motown Records, who brought on the Supremes and, you know, really helped shepherd them into this mainstream commercial success. And yes. really the most mainstream commercial success of any Black performing group like ever um mm-hmm. he they were very conscious about trying to make sure that their sound was palatable to white audiences so that it oh, could okay. be like mainstream pop versus like r&b which oh. as a genre was seen as for black audiences whereas pop was considered like multiracial i guess or like okay. transcending race and so you know if you listen to the lyrics of all their songs like none of them are political really at all like it's it's all about like love or or conflict or whatever else it's not about like racial issues and obviously at this time it's like the peak of the civil rights movement right in this in the 60s and like the 50s so um so that doesn't sound super relevant but like there were some decisions around like diana ross kind of had the most pop sounding voice like she wasn't like she couldn't do ballads and i think some of the other girls in the group were like initially in their career they would rotate through and have different people singing lead on different songs and like the more ballady songs the other girls were singing on but it wasn't seen as like mainstream pop I think and so part of it was having Diana Ross on the front like you know pop versus like a soul ballad kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so even too so like that kind of I think shaped some of the decisions around who was the lead, like who could be seen as mainstream pop, mainstream successful to white audiences as well as to black audiences. Right. But also there's there was controversy too about the fact they weren't political, like in this moment that is so political. Yes, and the yeah. fact like they're the most popular black music, like black performing musical group. Yes. Basically ever. And obviously at the time. And yes. they weren't they singing. They didn't speak out on it. Yeah. Well, I, and I don't know like if they weren't speaking out so much, but like they didn't have any songs like about the civil rights movement from my understanding. And um, even like the fact they were like a lot of the training for the Motown artists, they had like kind of like a finishing school almost like they had someone training them like how to like do choreography like politely and how to like, like basic manners, like how to get in and out of a car and all this stuff that was trying, I guess, to make them palatable to like a more middle upper class white audience. Right. Um, and part of that too, like they had to wear wigs that covered their natural hair. And so a lot of people, like apparently a lot of black Americans thought they were kind of like sellouts or not a lot, but some black Americans thought they were sellouts because, you know, they weren't wearing um, their natural hair, which is a symbol kind of of um, like black mm-hmm. consciousness and black power at the time. And mm-hmm. so there's also the kind of that dynamic, right? Like to, for them to be commercially successful at the time, they had to, I guess, kind of stay away from politics and that was kind of the that was kind of the policy of Motown Records generally at the time and they had a whole bunch of acts like uh, Marvin Gaye, The Temptations, um, Stevie Wonder like they had a bunch of people and and in the early 60s weren't really political at all whereas by the the 70s like early 70s Marvin Gaye releases 
think it's what's going on. It's an album and it's like about the Vietnam war and a bunch of, and like ecological oh, cool. justice and a bunch of things. And that's when they finally yes. become political. But right, right. yeah. So anyways, that's just kind of another interesting dynamic. And I mean, the, the other thing I will say is like interesting kind of just group conflict, like T in the group. Yeah. So Motown records and I'll go, we'll get into it a bit more, but Motown records founded by Barry Gordy Jr., a black man from the South who migrated with his family like part of, during part of this kind of like great migration from the South where a lot of Black people were escaping Jim Crow law um, yeah. to, to go North to where it was to seen as like less discriminated or less discriminatory. So he his family moves in the 40s up to Detroit and he founds the, the record label, I think in maybe 1959. Yeah, in 1959. They, the term Motown is like the the recording studio, but it's also known as like a genre of music yeah, that they were yeah. known for, right? So, oh, um, okay, yeah. That's so, like, I thought so he originated that term. It wasn't like he took that and then made it like the name of his record label. Yeah. So Motown was the the record, uh, like the recording studio that all these artists oh. were signed on. Like, yeah, like um, Stevie Wonder, The Supremes, Marvin Gaye, like all these people. And then, and later on, actually the Jackson five. And so, oh. yeah. And so like extremely, extremely successful recording yes. studio and independent, like it's not like Columbia or Capitol, like the big ones right. at the time, right. like fully independent. And, um, and so, yeah, so they're known for kind of that, that sound, I guess the Motown sound, like, which was kind of like a new, I guess, genre. So um, so anyways, the, the T though, is that, so D Barry Gordy Jr. was pushing for Diana Ross to be the lead. And like, he was yes. the one who was like, you guys are going to be the Diana, Diana Ross and the Supremes. And there was tension, like where there was talk in the group, like Mary Wilson was trying to stay neutral apparently in the, in the conflict, but told Ballard that like, oh, like Barry Gordy Jr. is going to try and get you out of the group. And like, apparently she became like at the late seventies, I think she became depressed uh, was drinking lots. She gained weight and some of her outfits wouldn't fit. Yeah. And so they were trying yeah. to like, yeah, get her out. Um, and so, and the the other kind of side to this is that Diana Ross was having an affair with Barry Gordy Jr. at the time. I feel like we and, could see that coming. <laughs> yes. And she gets pregnant with him, but is with another oh. man and oh. doesn't, yeah. And then there's this whole like paternity thing that like, I guess the child doesn't know that like Barry Gordy Jr. is actually the father and I yeah so anyways wow. there's kind of also like all those internal dynamics of like her having this relationship with Barry Gordy Jr. who's yes. also pushing her to be the front person and anyways yes. so so um I just thought that was all interesting because it's like I feel like for us to understand the Supremes we have to understand like Motown and like I guess the context yeah. more around like what is Motown? Who is Barry Gordy Jr.? Like what else is going on at the time? So yes. like I said, it's a, like Motown is, is known as like kind of like a style of R&B and pop music named after this Motown recording studios um, that Bo Barry Gordy Jr. founds in 1959. And it's also colloquially called Hitsville because like they had so many hits. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah. So like I mentioned, his family moves north from the South in the forties. They're, they're looking to escape like the, the Jim Crow laws in the South and also you know, in Detroit's auto industry, there's lots of jobs. So yes, yeah, it's seen yeah. as like a, a path to, um, you know, economic success. Yeah. And so he tries writing songs for a little bit, isn't very successful. And then he discovers um, Will, Will, William Smokey Robinson, who's normally just known as Smokey oh, yeah, Robinson, yeah. Um, yeah. and who's like a high schooler at the time, founds Motown Records and then has a first hit with him in 1961 called Shop Around. And then also in the same year, he has a song with uh, the high school girl group, The Marvelettes, and their song, Please Mr. Postman, which obviously everyone knows. 
like oh yeah stop wait a yeah mr postman <laughs> that one so um so yeah like early on success um there's like a couple other black independent recording studios in the 50s like kind of in the decade before that have some mild success but this is like by far the most commercially successful venture right. like independent record label probably anywhere i think and certainly in terms of black recording studios like black yeah. owned recording studios um and so like yeah this this home like the like the recording studio is basically run out of like a two story house that they call Hitsville um so it's both <laughs> like the recording studio but it's also like their business headquarters um and like i mentioned you know Marvin Gaye Stevie Wonder all these like super super famous people later on the Jackson 5 um so yeah, in terms of like, I guess their sound that they're known for, it's kind of like a mix of R&B, some gospel music, pop. And it was intentionally mixed to sound good on like car radio and have like a good beat for dancing. Oh, so cool. it was kind of like the sound kind of became like the the new American sound, like for young people, right. um, which I guess is part of its its popularity. And like I mentioned, it also had all the, of those like, so right. that's Motown. And then I feel like we can talk a little bit about the civil rights movement at the time, because it also links in, obviously, to, yes. like I mentioned, yeah. like Motown and the Supreme specifically, but Motown more generally was not really seen as political, or I guess just wasn't political in the 60s at all. Right. Um, and so it's not until like the 70s that there's kind of a, a bit more of a political turn at Motown. So um, in 1970, Gordy launches a subsidiary of Motown called Black Forum, which like is it for spoken word, like for like black spoken word artists um, or speeches that like people can get on vinyl. And so like he has a speech from say um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Why I Opposed mm -hmm. the War in Vietnam, his like 1967 speech. Mm -hmm. um, and that gets released in 1970. You know, Motown only I think ever got two Grammys. I think that's what I read. I definitely could be wrong on that. But one of them was <laughs> for this, um, this album, like with the the um, oh, okay. Martin Luther King Jr. speech. And then right. they released two others in 1971. One is uh, Stokely Carmichael's Free Huey, which is about the, which is about um, Huey P. Newton, who was the co-founder of the Black Panthers. Like, and, um, oh, okay. and he was in jail because it was alleged that he'd killed a police officer. So there's a, a speech by Stokely Carmichael about this campaign, Free Huey, um, mm -hmm. and other ones by Langston Hughes and Margaret Danner. So much more political and also like radical, right? Like the, like to be talking about the Black Panthers, like that's a, like was seen very much as a, as a much more radical movement than say some of the more mainstream civil rights activism. And so yes. I just thought that was really interesting that kind of turn away from like explicitly kind of ignoring or avoiding right, political right. topics to get this mainstream success yes. because it's more palatable to white audiences. And then using that success and- and then that shift. And so there were issues in terms of trying to get like the the records distributed because a lot of distributors didn't want to distribute these things that were seen as really controversial. And even right. MLK, right? Like nowadays, he's often seen as like this, you know, colorblind like person who's like, you know, we're all kumbaya, we're all one human race. But yes. at the time was seen as much more radical, right? Like was seen as, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think altogether, it was much harder for, for those things to be um, like distributed and sold widely. Um, right. But I just thought it was like an, an interesting component, I guess, of the, the history of Motown. It's, it's oh, influenced yeah. more generally. So yeah, that's kind of like the, that's like the, that's what I, all I really wanted to say about like the group. 
do you have any qu- like did that all make sense I know I kind of jumped around but I feel like I feel like for us to understand <laughs> it like we went through the evolution we started off with the supremes right. learning with the group itself but then also talking about the dynamics within the group then what Motown was and then how they Motown record was able to kind of use it use its success to then like kind of use a political platform right Already, do we want to chat about significance? Okay, for sure. I guess we'll do significance because we don't have snacks. So, or oh god, wait, no. Can how you is your mom great? I know it's because I'm I'm sorry. How is your mom great? How is your how is your smoothie? Tell me about it. Okay. Or the flavor. What's the flavor the like? Flavor. So essentially I did eat both um because the smoothie has other things in it. So um I just add it in there for protein, but I did eat the spoonfuls of both. I got uh I didn't get the classic peanut butter, but I got the chocolate peanut butter and then the chocolate almond pistachio one right and they're both delicious I will say though you have to go into it knowing that you're getting peanut butter or like nut butter with cocoa powder you cannot like myself go into it thinking you are getting a slightly healthier version of Nutella <laughs> oh you're like you're like oh this is gonna be like sweet and sugary like, kind of a little yeah. treat and um it's not Okay. Which, is, which is good. It's like, that's way better for you. And also, and I guess that's the point of the brand. <laughs> the whole point. It's better in smoothies. Like you don't yeah. want something like that. But yeah. anyways, I took a first bite and I was like, oh, that's not sweet. Right. <laughs> that's okay. like, it's not supposed to be. That's so um, it is good. It's like, you know me, I love white chocolate, which really isn't chocolate at that yeah, point. Sugar. This, this has like a very dark chocolate flavor with peanut oh, butter. I and would stuff. love that. I think you would. I think a lot of like, honestly, I think you would love it like spread on toast or like apples and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It's very delicious. Okay. I'm definitely going to get some because that yeah. literally that on an apple actually would, I would die. And I, I think, think I um, right now, I don't think at least in mainstream grocery stores that we have out here, like save on and Safeway and whatever, it's not mm-hmm. there yet. Right. Um, I got it at like a little vegan cafe in Langley. There's one out here. Um, like closer to me as well that I could have gotten it from. Right. And I think like some places like Choices or um, Nature's Fair or something like places that are right. much more natural leaning might yeah. carry it. Um, so yeah, I think you can either order it or go to like your natural foods, vegan place and they might have it. Right. Okay. But you can also go on the Mumgree site, I think, and see which stores carry it. Okay. I think, maybe. Wait, I have to ask, is it Mumgree like I'm hungry or Hungary? Um, it's, it's like the word hungry, but mum at the front okay. instead of hun. So you know so how the, you say mum? No offense would be to like you. Mumgry. Yeah, no offense to you at the start. I thought you were saying mumgry, like hungry, <laughs> like the country. I was like, I actually don't get. You're like, that. how does that? No, sorry. I may have, it is a, it's not no. like it's hard to say, but it's, it's a different word. Like mumgry, yeah. not mumgry. No, and I think definitely like mostly on me for not connecting my <laughs> food and hungry and instead going to you know you're like oh my god hungry. <laughs> like, that has nothing to do you with put it. a geographic location yeah, on it why i went there but anyways and um, the, the the jars are so cute it's a very aesthetic product which i oh, think is, is why a lot of vegan cafes carry it right because it's cute as it's cute cute cool 
Well, I wish I had something to say about my food. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't pin it on me. I have something. You don't. Yeah. I'll let you know about vanity (laughs) next week when we uh, I'm very excited. Record. I actually am too. They have cute stuff. And they also have a latte. And I always like trying different lattes, you know? Oh. Just seeing like you're just quirky. You're just a cool, quirky guy. Test it out. Anyways, um, the relevance. What are the relevance? What's the relevance of the Supremes to this day? Well, Maria. I think there's so many different things. I'm literally okay. just fully like recording like by myself now. I'm like, you, you don't know what? To- it's empowering when you do it. Speaking yeah. from experience, go for it. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing like being silenced in Women's Month by a man. <laughs> no, it's like no. literally it's iconic. I'm so glad. That's I'm- exactly how I felt in yeah. that moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so obviously one, their lasting cultural impact. Like the song still literally slapped. Like if you look up, oh yeah the Supremes number one hits or something like their album. It's like a pink cover. I've been listening to the whole thing on repeat. Like they, they still, honestly, I feel like the reason they stand up is because perhaps they're so influential in modern pop music that they just sound right. like modern pop music. Like obviously, yeah, like, you're right. like obviously it's, it's still like recording the sixties and some of the sound quality maybe doesn't sound quite like it, it would be engineered today. And, and like other things mm-hmm. like certain stylistic elements, but and I'm literally like, I'm acting like I'm a music critic. I literally know nothing about music, but, <laughs> but it, it just sounds to me. I'm like, oh, like I can imagine this as like a contemporary pop song with just a yes. little tweak. Like, the, yes. so that's one thing is like the, the cultural impact. I feel like the song still hit RuPaul's Drag Race. Like once again, this is kind of embarrassing. Part of the reason I chose this episode, because my dad loves the Supremes. I'm like, okay, it'd be cool to learn more about them because he, right. he loves them. The other thing is that like um, RuPaul's Drag Race, they mention it literally RuPaul is obsessed with Diana Ross and like that there's constantly <laughs> Diana Ross references and the Supremes references and I'm like okay, and I'm haven't just... like for Snatch Game like people have played Diana people Ross people have done like... Diana Ross like anyway so I'm just like I just need to I was like I need to just understand this. just for cultural reasons yeah so even if you just watch RuPaul's Drag Race I hope this gave you a bit of context if you didn't know who the Supremes <laughs> or you didn't know so much about the Supremes um like me so there's that obviously like I said there's the impact of like them and their their sound Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, interestingly, so I was looking into Black Form, which was that subsidiary of Motown, which yes. did the spoken word pieces of say like MLK and, and other people. And um, it's been relaunched actually as of last month in February, 2021. And like the, the record label is launching again and they're going to be like sharing never seen before, I guess, content. They're going to be releasing podcasts other stuff so I thought that was really interesting too like it's it's still and like sorry is Motown Records still around I think it it uh I don't know if it's officially the same like entity but there's like a Motown like heritage museum and so I guess the subsidiary is still able to be relaunched yeah um and so so yeah I just thought that was interesting like they cited like the political moment that we're in and obviously I guess like a push for more racial consciousness and justice that um that like they've they relaunched the stuff. So they're going to be releasing more kind of archival stuff. They have podcast, other content. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And like, obviously yeah. shows a lot of these things are still like relevant to today. Like the, the questions about like voting rights around police brutality, like all those conversations that were happening in the sixties and even in Detroit, right? Like the, the 67 riot in Detroit, uh, mm-hmm. the, like mm-hmm. called a riots, other people called a rebellion where um like black residents were rising up against the police and and like violence against black people like 
all still relevant today. So yes. I just thought that was interesting, like the the black forum too, as like a as a component of Motown and its turn towards politics and away from kind of just mainstream pop music. And also the fact yes. it's like the most, yeah, it was like the most pop, one of the most successful yeah. indie record label companies that's existed. Oh yeah, that's because I've heard of them before today. Like I've definitely yeah. heard of them and I know nothing about music. Yeah. <laughs> No, me neither. I literally was like, what? I'm like, what's a record label? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Kidding. No, but yeah, so much of it was like, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> Anyways, that's that. That's all I have for you today. Thank you, Sam. I yeah. That was honestly, I thought we were gonna, just going to be doing a girl group today, but right. we went through so many different rows and valleys and it was yeah. lovely. Well, um, I hope you all enjoyed listening to this random episode. Oh, wait, sorry. Before we go, do we, I, I'll oh. rate Mumgree. I'll rate it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Okay, Marie's <laughs> going to rate Mumgree. <laughs> okay. So I will say, um, beyond the revelation that it doesn't, in fact, taste like Nutella, not that it ever claimed it would. That yeah. was what I put on it. Um, I could use with like a touch more salt in it. Oh. Just because I am... Um, but the, the thing is, normally you're if I were a salt eating, fiend. I'm a salt fiend. And normally okay. if I was like having peanut butter on apples, I would put honey and salt on top of it. And even on my smoothie, like my, my chocolate peanut butter smoothie, I top it off with flaked salt when I drink it. Okay, so, so take Maria's input with a grain of salt, literally. Uh, so I would say for me, could I use a touch of salt? For sure. Could the average person use it? Probably not. Right, okay. Um, Will I be repurchasing it um, on my scale of like, no, and like maybe, and then yes. Yeah. I would say yes. Um, if like, if it becomes more easily accessible, I don't know that I would always right. drive out to Langley for a jar of peanut butter. Right. Okay. But um, I think it's, it's way better in my smoothie. I think, which I, and I do have that smoothie, I would say like multiple times a week for breakfast. Right. It's way better than just my normal peanut butter is. Okay. So if it becomes a little bit, easier to get then yes i will definitely be repurchasing right okay cool all righty i'll talk to you guys all next week yeah have a lovely rest of your days (laughs) if you have any uh, you know feedback for us any topics you'd like to see covered please feel free to let us know at eat it up pod that's our instagram you can leave us a review on however you listen to your podcasts we appreciate Mm it and uh that's it i think that's it goodbye see you folks thanks